Some of our Michigan food traditions are relatively new trends. Others carry back through years of history. And still others are just a delightful fusion of the two. Sharing these stories and the reason that I share them is just so people can understand like where these recipes originated from and how much effort that it took to simplify it, to bring it to them, just so they could try that same thing that we had as kids back home. Detroit chef Amina Marhaba has carved out a place for her own Afrofusion style with a pop-up kitchen and catering business called Little Liberia. Chef Amina spent much of her childhood growing up in her mother and grandmother's Liberian home. But her culinary experiences also include years spent in Lebanon and, of course, Detroit. Chef Amina's been working on a big lift. She's preparing to open a brick-and-mortar storefront for Little Liberia in Midtown. And to move the project along, she recently won an $80,000 grant from Motor City Match. That's a business incubator fund focused on economic mobility. This is Stateside. I'm April Baer. Congratulations. The plans sound very exciting for the brick and mortar. Thank you. We're really excited for it. Um, a lot of preparations happening right now. What do we mean when we talk about Liberian style food? Can you tell us a little bit about mealtime in, in the years when you were living there growing up? Typical day in a Liberian household, um, we cook everything fresh. So we go to the market every day and we buy our ingredients fresh because we didn't most people in Liberia don't have the luxury of having a stove or a fridge or things like that. So you have to go and buy your fresh produce and your proteins every day and come and make a fresh meal. So we would go to the market in the morning, um, get the food, come home and cook it. And everybody would sit around and eat together. So food was always something that you look forward to in your household because it was special every single day. Like as compared to like here, we have the luxury of having a fridge. We have, you know, stoves and it's a little bit easier for us to cook that way. Um, so you don't necessarily have to cook every day. You can eat leftovers. Back home, the idea of having that healthy option every day just creates an excitement because you don't know what you're eating every single day. So that's 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 mealtime in Liberia, sitting around the table and sharing a meal with everyone that's in your household. There are foodways uh, that are that are indigenous to Liberia. I, tell us a little bit about the flavors that that you think of as predominating. Well, like Liberian cuisine, when I think of it and think of the flavors, it's very unique in its own way. And because we had all those influences from like South Africa and and uh, Native Americans and things like that, we have that showcased in our food. So I would compare it slightly to Caribbean when I think of like the plantains and like the stir fries and things like that. But it's very colorful, very flavorful. And we do eat a lot of spice in Liberia, but um, I won't have that at the restaurant. Everything would be on the side. So you have the opportunity to add as much spice or less spice as you like. Um, but it's just filled with a lot of flavors. And I think all the contributions that we had from all those other countries showcases in our food, and it makes it even better than it, it was originally. Tell us about some of the dishes that have been most enjoyable for you to cook as you've been doing pop-ups and, 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 ha and ha making Little Liberia's presence more a part of the Detroit food scene. Mm, that's, that's a tough one. Um, there's a lot, but I would say our our Pepper Kala, it's an appetizer. It's kind of like a, 
a sweet dough that you dip in in our hot sauce. A lot of people love that one. It's like a Liberian street food that we brought to Detroit, and people people really love it. Um, another dish would be our cassava leaf. Cassava leaf is like Liberia number one dish. Everyone, you ask a Liberian what they want to eat, they will tell you cassava leaf before they list anything else. That's how much we love it back home. <laughs> and, and cassava leaf is is made out of so you know the yoka uh, uh, vegetable, yeah, cassava vegetable. The leaf that grow on top of the vegetable is called. That's what we cook the the cassava leaves out of those leaves. So um, it's cooked with red palm oil and whatever protein that you like. Some people put chicken, some people put fish or beef. And you cook that with the oil and the spices and um, your protein. And it's paired with rice. And cassava leaf is so big in Liberia that when you cook it today, for example, right, in the household, you make cassava leaf, everyone's going to sit around and eat it with their hands out of like a big pan, right? Mm-hmm. And they will save some to warm up in the morning. And it's called cold rice. And cold rice is like when you when you warm up the cassava leaf and it makes like really hard crust. And we die for cold rice in the morning. So cassava leaf is one of those dishes that I'm really, really excited to bring to Little Liberia. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to see like people's reaction to the dish because it's very different. It's very new. Um, but at the events that I have made it at, people have loved it. Yeah. How would you describe the flavor? How would I describe? It's very, like the the grain, the, the cassava leaves, it's kind of grated. So, well, blended here. Um, and when you taste cassava leaf, you're tasting the greens more than anything else. It's very healthy for you because you're having all these greens in, in your dish and you can make it with chicken breast and it's really, really good. And the only fat that you really have in the dish would be the palm oil. But palm oil is actually better than vegetable oil and canola oil and all those other things. So it's you're eating it. The first flavor that would be a blast would be the cassava leaves itself. And then I would say the palm oil. There's another dish that a lot of people have enjoyed as you've been cooking and getting things off the ground the banana bread in the Liberian tradition. Can you tell us a little bit more about how you do it and how you make it your own? Yeah. So banana bread in Liberia, because we didn't have a lot of breakfast options in Liberia. We eat lunch, kind of like what I was explaining about going to the market every day, you know. So the only thing that we really had for breakfast was rice bread, banana bread. We call it rice bread there and shortbread. So the banana bread you make at home and it's made with rice flour, banana and, and and sugar and other things. And we make that in the morning and people who sell banana bread, you, all you see like sitting at home is people like walking past with the bucket. They would put it in the bucket, cut them into little pieces, put them in the bucket and you just see this bucket walking past you <laughs> with just steam in it. Oh. And, and when you're like sitting there, you're looking like, oh, that's banana bread. Everybody was running, go buy banana bread, and that would be our breakfast. So it's loved by everyone back home. And now I'm bringing that to Little Liberia, and I'm making the fresh banana bread. In Liberia, we use actual rice flour, right? Because we grate the rice and we use that flour to make the banana bread. But here, it's a little bit harder to use the rice flour as it is to use the cream of rice. So how I made it my own is using cream of rice which has the same greeny flavor, 
um, with the banana and with everything else to make my banana bread. And it's so, so delicious. So at Little Liberia, we, we're not a breakfast and brunch uh, a restaurant, but we will have banana bread there for people who wants to come in in the morning and just sit down and have a bread with a coffee or hot cocoa. That would be available there. And that would just be me sharing that little bit of morning tradition that we had in Liberia with my Detroiters here. It's really, really good. You had me at banana bread, honestly, like <laughs> banana anything, and I'm, I'm there for it. We need to take a break. Back in just a minute. Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. Support for the stateside podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. Committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu. What's it like adapting Liberian food to a contemporary kitchen? On the face of it, it sounds like it wouldn't be, you know, much of a technical lift. But have you found that to be true as you've been doing the pop-ups? I'm in the middle of, of figuring out how to make these dishes on a bigger quantity level. And even though I've been doing this for years and I have events that I've served like over thousands of people, it's different with a restaurant. So let's talk about the banana bread. Making banana bread in Liberia. We don't have, well, I used to, I stayed with my grandma for a lot of times in Liberia and at my grandma's house. We didn't have a stove or a fridge or things like that. And that's most people in Liberia because a lot of people live in poverty. And when we're making banana bread, we use the, we, we have a, a, a coal-based stove, right? That you put coal and you light the fire and you put the pot on there. And just think about this process. You're baking, but setting a pot on a stove with your batter, right? And on top of the pot, you have to put a metal cover on top of that pot to put the other half of the coal on top of that pot. So Technically, you're baking from the bottom and the top, but you're using coal to do it. It's a long process, and you have to keep watching the coal that's on top and make sure it doesn't go out. If it does, you got to put more on there because, you know, it's not a lot on top and it's more at the bottom. So that process of cooking the uh, baking the banana bread takes a very long time, and it's a tedious process. Mm -hmm. But here, I can mix my batter, and I can just put it in the oven, right? (laughs) (laughs) I don't have to deal with all of that. So there's a lot of things, of course, that are way better because of the opportunities that we have here and and, and the kitchen access that we have here. Um, and over the years, I have developed things to help me make those processes that I use in Liberia better here, you know? Hey, you don't have to answer this, Chef, but I was wondering, is your grandma still with us? Yes, she is. She's, th- she's in Liberia. What does she, what does she think of you doing this? She's so excited. She wish she was here. And even my mom, like they're all just, they're living the dream through me communicating with them over the phone. And that's like the only part that they can see and pictures and videos and things like that. But 
both of them really wish that they were here to experience it with me, to be in the kitchen with me and things like that. So I pray one day that, you know, they will be here and, and be able to experience Little Liberia and, and help me with it. Yeah, I don't I don't want to blow up uh, your grandma and your mom's experience, but it's also a fact that while you are living the dream, this is also a lot of work setting up a, <laughs> a brand new restaurant. Can you tell us a little bit about how the process is going, getting this place set up in Midtown? It's very um, trying to find the right work because it's a lot of work. OK, and and not a lot of work that I hate doing a lot of work that I love doing because I'm bringing something so big and so good to Detroit that I am just excited about it. But it does take a lot of time. It does take a lot of dedication and meetings and and planning. And right now I'm at the stage where I'm almost complete. Well, I am done with my design of the space and I'm waiting on permitting and things like that to get approved so that we can start the, the build out in the space. Um, so we're working with lenders, we're working with contractors, um, we're working with attorneys like to, to get our licenses that we need for like the bar and things like that. So right now there's there's a lot of planning. There's a lot of planning happening. There's a lot of back back backstage things that I'm working on and I'm also working on some products that I'm in development like our hot sauce and our different merch that we're working on as well so just know that a lot is happening even though like we might not share everything online because we just don't have the time to do it but I I do have great people in my corner that are helping me and I'm so grateful for them and great organizations that are also pushing me um but I am a one business, single business owner that's been doing this by myself since I started. That's a lot of pressure on its own, especially with all the anticipation that's going on right now with Liberia. So I'm just letting everybody know that I'm doing the best I can and I can't wait to show everything that I'm working on very soon. All the things that you have to do to get to cook and serve the food that you love and that is meaningful. Yes. <laughs> it's a lot. You know, it, it, thinking about that, um, it's, not, it's not that this is an easy process for you, but it's such a different kind of cooking and a different kind of, of uh, you know, food experience than you were telling us about that, that you grew up with. A lot of people in this world who cook, they don't do it because it's something they love or because it's beautiful. It may be those things, but it's also just sustenance. Is there anything that's that's been on your mind about what it means to you to relate to this food in a different way, even Liberian food in this way? Yeah, that's that's a really good point that you brought up because I, I have people around me, even like in my family that, you know, they just cook because they, they have to cook, you know. Um, for me, it's not that. And that's why as hard as this process is for me right now and as time fulfilling it is to, to even make half of the things that I'm doing possible, I'm doing it because I love what I'm doing. And I go into the kitchen and I create a new recipe or I work on something that I, that I love to make. And I feel relaxed. Like it's, you know, people find things to do to for their mental therapy, cooking is my mental therapy. I go into the kitchen and I'm happy, you know? So like for me, it's not just cooking. It's also looking at people and they eat the food. Like 
looking at the reaction, like people loving the food. And it's about sharing my culture because I love what I'm doing, but also I'm bringing something that is not even in the entire Michigan. And that's very, very big and very important to me that that little small country in in West Africa is going to have a place on the map in Detroit. You know, um, that's very, very important to me. And that that's part of my motivation, not just the love of food, but also the love of culture that I want to share. Chef Amina Marhaba, you can look for Little Liberia on Woodward Avenue coming up a little bit later this year. Chef, do you have a drop date for this yet? I don't have a drop date yet, but I would say mid to late summer. That's the Stateside Podcast for today. I'm April Bear. You can find full Stateside episodes at michiganpublic.org. Today's pod was produced by our pod editor, Rachel Ishikawa. Other producers on our show are Mike Blank, Ronia Kabansag, Mercedes Mejia, and April Van Buren. Our interns are Olivia Meradian and Lauren Neon. And our executive producer is Laura Weber-Davis. Pod music comes from Audio Network and from Blue Dot Sessions. Thank you so much for listening today. We'll be with you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Rebecca Williams. I'm Lester Graham. We've been working on a big project about Great Lakes birds called the Bird Connection. It will look at ducks and trumpeter swans. Egrets and herons. And piping plovers. Yes! We'll discuss what we've discovered at a Michigan Public Issues and Ale event. Including how some problems for birds are problems for people. It's at Arbor Brewing Company in Ypsilanti the evening of May 21st at 7. You can register at michiganpublic.org.